was born into a family of traveling spiritualists where mm. dream decoding was the order of the day. We'd get up in the morning and discuss our dreams, astrology. And with nightmares, what are some common themes you see? Because I. Uh, being chased is it always in the top 10, right. along with teeth falling out. I had that one too. <laughs> and naked in school. Naked in school. Yeah, I used to get that one a lot. Absolutely. Out <laughs> Welcome back to the Digital Social Hour, guys. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. Got an amazing guest for you guys today, Teresa Chung. Dream come true being here, Sean. Thank you. Yeah, dream <laughs> expert. Can't wait to dive into this. Um, how did you get into all this, dream, analyzing dreams and spirituality? Was it from a young age? Well, I'm a dreaming being, as we all are, but I was born into a family of traveling spiritualists where mm. dream decoding was the order of the day. We'd get up in the morning and discuss our dreams, astrology, uh, mediumship was what I was born into and then I had the privilege to because I was home educated to study at King's College Cambridge where I read theology and religion oh. and my I just was drawn to dreams because I've always been a very vivid dreamer mm. lucid dreamer as a child and I wanted to know because in every religion dreams feature so strongly mm -hmm. so I wanted to find out about that um, and just really since I left Cambridge because the academic credentials help I guess mm -hmm. publisher after publisher has given me the opportunity to write dream books, afterlife books, mystical books, spiritual books. Wow. But I work with scientists and neuroscientists as well. I'm determined to take the woo-woo out of this subject area and show how yeah. ma mainstream it is. No, I love that because dreams are not really widely discussed. They don't no. really... But the lockdown dream phenomenon was massive. In 2020, there was an unprecedented dream event. I mean, we've had... Um, Dreaming before that was big after 9-11, for example. A lot of mm. people were reporting very vivid dreams around that. But what happened in 2020, because it was global mm -hmm. and social media had come of age, obviously, everybody was posting online about their vivid dreams. And right. Harvard University, the BMJ, uh, British Medical Journal, they were all looking into why are people dreaming so vividly, what's going on, and they yeah. wanted to understand it. Um, so we got the lockdown dream phenomenon, which is very well researched, and it's a really unprecedented global dream event. Yeah, so that's a good question. So why do people remember certain dreams? Like, why are certain dreams more vivid than others? Because that's the dream you need to pay attention to most. Mm. It's like an inbox, what's at the top of your inbox file. Mm. I mean, we dream night after night, at least five or six times. But there's always one, when you have dream recall, there's always one image, because there's lots of images there. There's always one that's going to stick right at the top. And there's a reason for that. Follow that dream. I, I always say to people when they have lots of dream recall, just go for the one that your heart is drawing you towards because the language of dreams is emotion. Right. So go for the one there. That's the one because your dreaming mind is your inner therapist and far cheaper than a real one. Interesting. Night after night, it is telling you the story of you mm. in a beautifully symbolic language. And the big, what breaks my heart as a dream expert is that people don't, they trivialize their dreams and say it's just a dream. It is not. It is the most important story of your life. Right. It's how you get to know yourself better. Right? Yeah. Every aspect of yourself is symbolized there in this beautiful way that dreams speak to you. Why do dreams speak in this way? Because you're in an alternate state of reality. Mm. And it's like going to a different country. It's a different language. You really want to understand the culture of a different country. You learn the language. So what you need to do is you need to learn the language of your dreams. And it's really simple. If you're artistic, poetic, musical, mm -hmm. it's the language of symbols, metaphors, associations. Mm. 
And it's, I, I tell people often, go back to school when your teacher, your literature class, put a poem on the table and you had to go through it line by line. Where's the pathetic fallacy? Where's mm. the metaphor? What's the deeper meaning beneath? That's exactly what your night vision is doing. Mm. It's giving you the, a poem. You're a poet in your dreams. You're an artist. Wow. Every night. It's like great works of art, like the scream or whatever. There's a reason there's so much, a, a thousand words to a picture that, you know, that literal, it couldn't express as much. And that's what dreams are. Wow. Through the language of symbolism, they can tell you so much. And they want you to know so much. They are your best friend dreams. That's interesting. And a lot of people, yeah, they just write off dreams like it's, like it's nothing. But if you take time to really learn more about the meanings, I feel like you could learn a lot about yourself. You don't need to, need to learn the meanings because it's already encoded within you. Mm. It's all free association. So a symbol comes in your dream. Mm -hmm. What's the first word that comes to mind? If nothing comes to mind, go for the con. You didn't get into business to run payroll, did you? That's okay. I didn't either. Now there's Gusto. Gusto not only offers payroll, but also benefits, onboarding, and HR all in one place to more than 300,000 businesses. Maybe you want federal, state, and local payroll taxes to be filed automatically no matter where your employers work. Or maybe you want to offer a 401k plan to help your employees save for retirement. Do you have compliance with regulations? Three out of four employers say Gusto makes it easier to be compliant with the government. With Gusto's simple, guided software and user-friendly interface, payroll and HR are no longer exhausting, they are rewarding. Gusto was built for small businesses from the start. Gusto takes the pain out of payroll benefits and HR and puts the joy back into running your business. Gusto also integrates with your favorite tools, tools like QuickBooks, Xero, Google, and more. Want all this and more with no hidden fees? Try it out for three months for free at gusto.com social. That's gusto.com social. Universal, and I, I write dream dictionaries. My dream dictionary is hugely popular. I wrote it first actually in 2004, mm. and it's constantly reissued because so many people are fascinated by their dream meaning. And what I give in there is the common and universal symbol. For example, if you dream of a cross, yeah. typically it's religion, it immediately comes. However, everybody has personal associations. Yeah. An example is if you love dogs, if a dog appears in your dream, it's a symbol of loyalty, mm. unconditional trust. How do you need to activate that within yourself in some way? However, if you've had a bad experience with a dog, it's a symbol of fear and anxiety. So always go for the personal interpretation first. Yeah. And then if nothing comes, go for the symbolic. And another big dream decoding tip, because I really hope this helps people, is don't get hung up on one dream. Your dreams are like a Netflix series you love. You have to tune in night after night. Mm. And dreams comment on other dreams. And you, if you write them down, one of the most sensational books you can ever read is your own dream journal. And I've right. kept a dream journal from the age of seven or eight. Wow. And going back, and you have this, your real life, and then you look at this symbolic voiceover that's narrating mm -hmm. you in a beautifully poetic, artistic way. And you can also see how your dream is suggesting future trends in your life, mm. trying to brainstorm for you, trying to offer you problem solving. And that's why if you go back and look at that, you can actually see how your dreaming mind works. That's fascinating. Yeah, I've kept a dream journal for about a year now. And it's crazy how many of my dreams have come true, actually. Yes. It seems like there's a correlation between dreams and predicting your future almost. Well, it's deja vu, isn't it? Uh, should, which is actually deja reve, a dream remembered. Mm. That you've, had, you've been there before in a dream. And there is actually a school of thought now within dream research, because I work with sleep and dream researchers. Mm -hmm. Originally, dreams way back in time were predictive. There were oracles. People would visit dream oracles. Joseph in his 
dream coat. Mm-hmm. You know, you would consult dream dream dreamers for information about the future, what's mm. going to happen. Then it moved towards dreams being evil, you know, when religion took over and repressed it all. It was, you know, demonic. Mm-hmm. Don't go anywhere there. Ignore your dreams. And but then with the Freud and Jung revolution, psychological self-help, how dreams are showing you aspects of yourself. But what it is now moving, increasingly a lot of dream experts, myself included actually, are moving over that every dream is potentially precognitive. That mm. You're getting a flash forward of a potential future if you continue with your current actions, thoughts, and feelings. Wow. And if you don't like it, say it's a nightmare. Yeah. That's why I say nightmares are transformative gifts. Never fear your nightmares. Mm. They are wonderful opportunities because your dreaming mind is saying, look, the future you're creating for yourself right now, the future you're attracting isn't great. Mm. Let's look at your current feelings, emotions, and actions and change that. You can course correct and create another future. So if you could actually think of your dreams also as showing you a potential future, don't like what you see, it shows you that you have choice. Wow, that's crazy to think about. And with nightmares, what are some common themes you see? Because I used to have a lot as a kid. I used to dream about running away from like a, a running away from monsters. Like That's the most, I mean, there is a dream chart actually. If you, There's a top 100 dreams every year that's posted and uh being chased is always in the top 10, right. along with teeth falling out. Um, I had that one too. And <laughs> naked in school. Naked in school. Yeah, I used to get that one a lot. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, out of control car crashes, loved ones dying. These are the top 10 dreams that re- recur time and time again. Snakes and spiders as well. They mm. often feature in dreams. Being chased is basically not wanting to face what is alarming you. Mm. And what your dream is saying, What if you have that kind of dream, it's urging you to identify the threat if you don't know what it is, go to bed the following night and say, show me it. Mm-hmm. You need to know what it is and then to brainstorm around there because fears, once understood, they, their power's gone. Mm. It's when we're repressing or denying something. And often, I mean, somebody, your work ethic is very strong. I can sense that about you. It's probably you feeling you want to live up to your own expectations, mm. that they're chasing you. But your dream is saying, just stop. You're okay. Turn around, face it, befriend it, mm. maybe even give it a hug. Yeah. And then it's just going to evaporate. Right. So one time I read online to do that, right? Yeah. So the approaching me and instead of running away, I ran towards it and then it went yes. away. Yes. Yes. And in and many ancient uh, tribal cultures, that's what they encourage their young children to do. There's a, a tribe, um, I think it's the Parah tribe, um, where the children from the age of four are encouraged to have dreams about being chased by a tiger. Mm. And then the elders of the tribe will help them in that dream, turn around and deal with the tribe tiger. Right. So it is, it's basically threat rehearsal. So in real life, so it's dealt with it and they've been there. So your dream's trying to help to mm. help you. Um, and uh, the wonderful thing about these tribal cultures that value dreaming is that they are often dubbed the happiest people on earth. Mm-hmm. And crime and mental health issues are at an, low because mm. they actually value the dream life more than the material. They spend very little time on the practical. Right. And a lot of it is like the dream world. Where were you in your dreams? Mm. That is put number one. And children from an early age are taught to value their dreams because it, you're still you when you dream. Mm-hmm. People think that it's a different, it, it is different, but it's a different aspect of you. You're going into a different area of your potential. Mm. But people, you need to understand you're still you 24-7. Your brain never switches off. Right. Our body sleeps. But as dreams show, our brain is still making connections for mm. us. 
trying to help and heal us. And that's all it's trying to do. It's really trying to help us. The reason it sends shocking images is because it's probably tried to send kind images in the past and, like most people, just a dream, move on. Mm. When you have a nightmare, you're guaranteed to reflect on it. And that's all your dreams want you to do, Sean, is reflect. Because yeah. I don't know anyone whose life wouldn't be benefit from deeper reflection. That's true. So you've been able to get really good at lucid dreaming. Um, a lot of people don't know how to lucid dream. How did you go about that? Well, there are lots of techniques. You know, you can go on extensive courses and learn savage techniques, and they are quite savage. And I, I'm not that keen on them because they disrupt your sleep schedule. Because mm. what you do is you, it's the wake up back to sleep technique. Yeah, I've seen you, that. You set the alarm and you get up in the early morning, potter around for 30 minutes, and then go to bed. And you're more likely then to go into REM, lighter stage of sleep, mm. which is where lucid dreaming can happen. And if you set the intention before you go to sleep saying, I'm going to dream and I'm going to remember my dream, the chances are, because your brain is very malleable just before sleep, what you tell it often figures in your dreams somehow. Mm. And if you keep doing that over time, you're likely to have an experience of a lucid dream. The trouble is when people do become lucid, um, they often panic. Mm -hmm. and wake up and the dream collapses yeah. like that scene in Inception. That happens to me every time. That scene in Inception with yeah. DiCaprio. Within and a minute, <laughs> I think I get too excited, you know? It's learning to, well, it is so exciting because you're in this virtual playground where mm -hmm. anything is possible. But the, what I recommend now with people is the natural approach to lucid dreaming. Just get into your dream decoding. Mm. Because once you start taking your dreams seriously, they will reward you. Mm -hmm. And they will often occasionally like once a month is normal for a lucid dream or once every couple of months it's not something's going to happen every night oh, once okay. you relax about it and just say it will happen when i'm ready for it to happen right um and you dream decode and you take your dream seriously mm -hmm. it will just naturally happen when you're ready for it but please don't think that lucid dreaming is the, is the only optimum way to dream i actually think there's much more power in the symbolic interpretation because mm. this is the day-to-day -day things that you need to know yeah lucid dreaming is the icing on the cake um, um but if you really get into your dream decoding your dreams will know that you're taking them seriously because they're like a friend who texts you constantly night <laughs> after night and you never reply yeah <laughs> or you don't you pay um, any attention like anything in life where your attention goes is where the reward is. Mm. And your dreams probably have lost faith in pe people who have been dismissing their dreams all their life. Your right. dreams have probably just got a bit depressed and given up. <laughs> given up. They still carry on because that's them. That's what they have to do. But it's like, oh, they're not, I'm not going to bother. Yeah. They need you to reassure them. Absolutely. So write down your dreams for at least 30 days. At least 30 days. You need that, that amount of dreaming. Yeah. It's changed my life. I remember I could barely remember one dream when I first started, yeah. maybe like a sentence or two. And now I'm remembering three to four a night. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm a dream expert. And if I wake up with no dream to call, I feel a bit of a fraud. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I disappointed. And actually, I get, you know, age and stage of my life when actually having a vivid dream life mm. becomes more exciting to me than what I'm doing in the material world because it shows that there's a part of me that is beyond the material. Yeah. There's a, because nobody really knows why we dream. And these incredible scenarios, some of which have gone on to change the world. Einstein, famously a vivid dreamer, theory of relativity from a dream. Artists, poets, musicians, innovators. Mm. You know, even um, Larry Page with Google, he credits a dream for the inception of that. And that changed the world. Wow. You know, you know because he, he was at Stanford and he didn't know what to do with his life. He wasn't happy there. Mm -hmm. But he was fascinated by computers. So he went, the last thing he saw when he went to bed was all these old computers lying around the room. Mm. And that you know, obviously went into his unconscious. And in his dream, he saw that everything could go into one page. He got up in the middle of the night 
And that's always a sacred time between 2 and 5 a.m. If you do wake up then, never fear it. Your really? dreaming mind's waking you up for a reason. Write down. You know, because I spent actually time considering my options to be a nun, and it's the call to prayer between 2 and 5. Mm. Because the world is quiet. It's a very sacred time. Don't fear night wakings like that. You're, you're most creative often. Wow. Your dreaming mind is so rich. He wrote it down. I thought, this might work. He dropped out of Stanford a couple of years later, Google. And, wow. you know, it credits a, a dream behind that. But it's not that just as Einstein, you know, Paul McCartney yesterday, Mary Shelley, the first um, mm. science fiction novel, Frankenstein. That came from a dream? Yes. He, wow. Yes, she was uh, telling campfire stories at night. It's famous. It's famous. And she dreamt, just, dreamt of it. But similarly, like James... James Cameron with the Terminator, that scene where half his body's chopped off. Yeah, yeah. That was a dream. But you can really? see the influence of dreams. A lot of movie directors are so visionary and they're vivid dreamers. Christopher Nolan in particular. Mm. You know, the stunning, you know, Inception is such a vivid, beautiful depiction of the dream world. He gets most of it right there about lucid dreaming mm. because it was inspired by a lucid dream. You know, wow. he, he is, in many of his movies are inspired by, by lucid dreams. And even, you know... Like Jane Campion, The Power of the Dog, she has a dream expert on set to help really? her characters, Benedict Cumberbatch, get into the shadow side of his character. Wow. Because dreams are not frightened to show you what's toxic about you. Because mm. we were all, we're, like there's night and day, there's um, positive and negative within us all. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that story of the two wolves, which one's going to win. But we need that negative side to learn about ourselves. Mm. And your dreams aren't afraid to show you your jealousy, your envy, your insecurity, your fears, your anxieties in this symbolic way to mm. get you to acknowledge it. And then when you wake up to say, well, okay, I've got this negative potential in me, but I'm not going to act on it. Because that's real strength of character, knowing you could be a vile person. Right. But not, but have that true strength of character is not repressing it. And this toxic positivity, which is so rampant in, in, in self-help movement at the moment. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's acknowledging, yeah, I, I, I'm really jealous right now. I'm yeah. really angry, but I'm not going to indulge it. That's crazy. What's been your experience with, with spirit animals and spirit guides? Because some of my dreams, I have animals in them, but I don't know if there's any meaning behind them. Well, animals are your basic instincts, your emotional life, really put that is instinct. So mm -hmm. look at all the symbolic. So what type of animals do you dream about? I've had the snake that you mentioned earlier, and I, a couple nights ago I had a rabbit. A rabbit, a, prolific. A well, you are prolific. Um, you know, that's what we think of rabbits. But the snake is transformation, is it's shedding old skins, you realizing that you've got to let go of things to move on. Mm. And that hurts. But that hurt is necessary to cleanse and to release you for the next stage of your life. Mm. And not fearing change, because a snake sheds skins to, to move on. And that's really the symbolism of a snake. Snake mm. is also deeply spiritual, um, especially in Chinese culture, isn't it? It's a very spiritual. Right. I mean, I'm a, I, I don't know, what's your, your Chinese sign? Uh, I'm, a, I'm an ox. Oh, an ox, okay. Yeah. Well, that's different, but I, I'm a snake. But it's, okay. it's, it's a very deeply spiritual sign. But it's saying to you, look, yes, you're a massive success, mm -hmm. but like that, do you know that Disney movie, Soul? So I didn't see that one. Actually. Okay. Well, he, it, the character achieves his dream of being a world, you know, a, a, a pianist, mm -hmm. all he ever wants. Yeah. And after he does this show, he steps outside and says to the person who's made it happen, what now? Mm. And the person says, well, you just do it again tomorrow. And he says, but I still feel empty. Mm -hmm. And it's because he still, he needs to go on this journey of the inside out approach to life. Mm-hmm. 
which is, an, and the thing is, we live in an age now where everybody's getting their validation from the material. And especially when you're younger, you need to go through those stages because we learn and grow. But there reaches a point, some people are earlier than others, and you look like a wise soul, I'm sure it's hitting you early, mm-hmm. when you realize that whatever you do, even if you like, become president or whatever, if, if, if the relationship with yourself isn't right, and you don't believe in something greater than yourself, it's pointless. Right. It's, it's having that inner peace. Absolutely. One of the things you mentioned earlier was you've studied the afterlife. There's, yes. There's a lot of uncertainty with the afterlife. People are scared of it. You seem to be at peace with it. What have you learned from that? I am at peace with it, actually, because I used to be terribly frightened of dying, even yeah, though same. I grew up in a, a family of spiritualists where, you know, from the age of four, I would go to demonstrations of mediumship. Mm. Um, but I've, I've never been able to, I don't think of myself as a medium. Mm-hmm. I've come to the conclusion I think we all have mediumistic abilities. I'm actually quite against people going to so-called professional mediums, mm. maybe as a one-off to help you get proof of survival, but also you've got to get that personal connection that shows you that death ends a life, not a relationship. Mm. Um, but um, with, with the afterlife, there is actually a growing body of science, science around it, near-death experiences in particular. There's studies on what happens then. Mm-hmm. Um, the one in 2014, which kind of hit the media, didn't it? It was Dr. Sampania. He actually doesn't believe in an afterlife, but he's a resuscitation expert, mm. one of the world's leading resuscitation experts. And he was noticing that people kept coming up back with these stories. People mm. had died and been resuscitated. Mm. And you've got to think that the reason there's so much information about near-death experiences right now is because of resuscitation experts. In times past, people would have died, mm-hmm. and we wouldn't have heard all these stories. But because it's so advanced now, people are kind of on the brink coming back. And he wanted to study them. He was saying, look, this is data. It's a human experience. What is going on? It's not hallucination. Because typically with hallucination, people feel drained, confused, debilitated. However, with a near-death experience, they come back with this zest for life. Mm. Where's that coming from? It doesn't trigger depression. Right. It can t- they completely transform their life. There's huge transformative power yeah. in it. So there is science in near-death experiences. There's also a growing body of visionary scientists. I, I work with them in a lot of my books, actually, mm. who are studying afterlife signs, afterlife dreams, mm-hmm. uh, afterlife connections, psychic abilities. And what they are showing, which is incredible, is that these uncanny experiences are the norm, not the exception. Mm. But science, traditional science, is frightened right. of it yeah. because it throws everything in the air. It suggests that time isn't non, is nonlinear. Mm-hmm. It suggests that life after death might exist. It suggests that there's a a hive mind that we're all connected in. Mm. It's too much for science, which yeah. wants to keep us in our traditional parameters. But what I love about the fact is that there are a growing body of visionary scientists now, often who publish in academic journals, who also are drawn to the inner world and thinking that there's just as much power in the inner world mm. as the outer world. And um, there's a famous story of Edgar Mitchell, the sixth man to walk on the moon. He flew to the moon, but on the way back, his final journey, he had a transcendent sort of out-of-body experience. Mm. And he found that more thrilling than standing on the moon. Really? And then he devoted his life to founding an institution. It's called the Institute of Noetic Sciences, where he gathered scientists to study the inner world and what is invisible and unseen. And they are publishing in journals and getting, you know, of course, they're getting a lot of flack. But he was saying it's the inner space. You know, when you look in outer space, it's so infinite and complex. Mm. That's within us as well. We are made of the same stuff of of the stars. Right. 
Um, and I, I just love the fact that neuros neuroscientists, psychiatrists, psychologists, scientists, they are beginning to embrace the idea. We simply don't know why we're here. We are mysterious beings. Mm. I mean, Einstein said the greatest thing we can experience is the mysterious, but even that's wrong because we don't experience mystery. We are mystery. Mm. Why are we here? Why am I here sitting talking to you? Why right. were we born? Why is the earth here? We can have our theories and we can point to science, which offers some you know, spectacular theories, but they are just theories. Yeah. To date, there is no proof life after death exists, no consistent proof. Mm. But there is also no proof that it doesn't exist. It's a matter of belief. Yeah. So have you personally experienced any past life stuff or anything? Yeah, I have afterlife dreams just like you do. Sorry, do I need to put my mic in because it's fallen out? Uh, <laughs> not sure, but... Is it necessary for the recording? Sorry, it's just they've, they've both fallen out. Do we need her headphones on or no? Sorry. Okay, no, you're good. I was aware that one fell and I thought so, I'll wing So the one with the right dot goes on your right ear. Okay. Does okay. that one have a right dot on it? A red dot? Oh, you could take it off. I can take it off. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. So as I say, there, there is no definitive proof yet okay. that life after death exists, yeah. but we get something that comes pretty close as a witness statement, which is near-death experiences and research into afterlife signs and afterlife dreams. There's a lot of research about that, mm. but there's no proof that it doesn't exist. No yeah. definitive proof. We don't know. People yeah. can say, nonsense. It doesn't exist. How do they know? <laughs> yeah, there's no scientific proof. And I think that's what's holding it back because scientists love evidence and proof. Yes. But there's people that have experienced past lives, seen angels and demons, but it's hard to prove that. But some of these people are very rational and logical as well. As I said, right. there's a, a growing body of scientists researching it. The last people you would expect to do it. Yeah. And you've got to think Einstein, deeply in tune with his dream life, mm. using it as a source of creativity. Many of the world's movers and shakers are secret spiritualists um, in, in behind the scenes yeah without even knowing without even knowing yeah yeah like yeah einstein, i didn't even know einstein was honestly the theory of relativity came to him in a dream really so many and the structure of dna as well watson also also so many scientific discoveries that's crazy because i'll tell you why when we're awake our ego our logic and our reason mm -hmm. can't take us there mm. but when you sleep what, when you fall asleep, your body falls asleep along with your ego, logic, and reason. The only thing missing in dreams is logic and reason, enabling you to make leaps of faith mm -hmm. and connections that you can't do in the waking state. That's why dream work is so valuable. You can have these astonishing leaps of faith where you can connect one thing with something that looks totally random and see, oh my God, that's what we need to do to move forward. Mm -hmm. And it's quite difficult. You can do it in meditative state or daydreaming. Yeah. But in, in the dream state, you can go there. And that's why dreams can, you know, have these incredible leaps forward for humanity. Wow. So with your spiritual abilities, what's been your experience with the paranormal? Have you seen some interesting things there? Oh, my, my, basically, I'm a spiritual being having a human experience, but we all are. Mm. That's what I believe. I think we all have psychic abilities. We just lack faith in them. Mm -hmm. It's the belief in them. If you believe you're psychic, you are. Mm. Self-belief and being psychic are exactly the same. And yes, I have. I've had very powerful, vivid dreams, one of which I believe saved my life. Really? When I was warned to go um, in a different direction in a dream and I dismissed it. And then I found myself in that same scenario the next day. Mm. And even though I had to turn in the opposite direction, 
I follow the dream. I've learned to do that. But when wow. I get a powerful, vivid dream, there's something in that dream that I try to apply to my waking life to show my dreams I'm taking it serious. And there was, there was a pileup. I don't know if I would have been involved in that pileup if I'd turned that way, mm-hmm. but potentially I might have done. But I've had m- amazing dreams, which kind of, I sense the future before it comes, as you have. Mm. Afterlife signs when I've needed them the most. Mm-hmm. But I'm not someone who sees dead people okay. or angels in my hair. I actually don't like that because what it does is it puts that person on a pedestal mm. that they are a superior being with extraordinary superpowers. Right. No, we all have that. I'm, it's all accessible to us all. There is no one who is more psychic than anyone else. Mm. The person who says, oh, I am psychic is because they believe in it. What you need to do is get to that belief. And actually saying you're psychic is no different really to this trend in manifesting. Mm-hmm. It's knowing that you attract what you are within you. Right. Right. And if you believe that you're psychic, you're going to start attracting these synchronicities. Mm. You're going to start noticing things in your daily life. Interesting. So you're not a fan of like ghosts and like haunted places and stuff? Oh yeah. I mean, I've written many books. Ghosts and Hauntings is one of my most popular. Oh yeah. HarperCollins is, um, I, I've, with HarperCollins that one and I've got another book coming out next year about Haunted World. It's fun. It's exciting. Mm. Anything that makes life exciting and, and, and what if? What, I mean, there are many theories about ghosts. Many people think they are recordings, mm. that the emotional intensity of a very traumatic scene mm-hmm. has somehow imprinted it in the room. Right. And it plays on a loop. So actually what people think of as hauntings may not be an actual afterlife sign. It might just be a recording of something that's happened deeply traumatic. Mm. Um, then you've got, you know, people who believe in demons. I was recently interviewing someone who believes in demons or whatever. It, it's interesting. We don't know. Yeah. You know, and ghosts and spirits, spirits tends to imply that someone's content in the afterlife. Ghost seems to imply there's unfinished business. Mm. But from all I know, for people who allegedly connect with the afterlife and from my own experience, that in the afterlife, they're as busy as we are. Mm. They are continuing to learn. The learning never stops. It's like space, which is infinite. Our consciousness is also infinite. We're made of the same stuff. We are yeah. such stuff that dreams are made on. Shakespeare so much references to dreams mm. in his immortal plays, and that's for a reason. We ask, you know, the, the, it, you know. Anyway, I could go on and on. For no, it's fascinating. You're you're very spiritual, but you're also very rational. Yeah, I like try that inner balance. I've learned, you know, because I in the early stage of my career, I was all for the spiritual and. Put that, but what I've learned is we are here on this earth for a reason. You've got to balance the material with the spiritual. Mm. And unhappiness and depression are caused when one, because you can get very out of it as well if right. you're too into the spiritual. Yeah, yeah you I've can seen lose people like that. head in the clouds. Yeah, yeah. You know, not, not reliable. Mm-hmm. A person of words, not actions, right? You've got to balance it with the material, mm-hmm. inner peace. And that's why listening to music and walking in nature is so great because. When you do things like that, your material aspect of you is busy. Like, for example, with music, listening to the notes. Mm-hmm. You listen to the notes in music. You're trying to make sense of a pattern. So the material part of you is satisfied. But the creative, intuitive, that's where your dreams happen, is free to dream. Yeah. And that's why music can sometimes save people's lives. Wow. Yeah. You know, they did that in Stranger Things, didn't it? That was the one thing. Oh, yeah. That running up that hill. And that song was stuck in my head for like a year. Well, I was at the Kate Bush era. I was such a fan of Wuthering Heights, oh, you know, and her expressionist song. dancing. I loved it. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, great song. It's, 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 the, the producers got that right. Oh, yeah, they nailed that. I, I went up and looked her up on YouTube after, and she was ahead of it's her time. Me. I'm well, that's, again, Wuthering Heights is about calling from, from the other side, you know, yeah. Heathkith and Kathy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's because music creates that balance within you. So I'm saying if people are feeling low, mm -hmm. please bring music into your life. Never shut music for your life. And it's sad, actually, when people get older, a lot of them stop using mm. their headphones as much. And, 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 and music, it can, because music like dreams is another thing. We don't actually need it. Yeah. I mean, if, if you banished music from the world, we'd still carry on. It's mm -hmm. not like food, drink, air. Mm. But why is it in our lives? It is because it 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 gives us that inner peace, mm. that balance. Also, being close to living things in nature, being around animals, these things can really give us that inner balance. And when you have all the studies that have been done on people who have great intuitive sense, or potentially can predict the, the right outcome for the future, mm -hmm. they have they do it in a state of calm not in a state of anxiety. Anxiety is the enemy mm. of all things and stress. It's getting to that state of calm and all things like music, nature, animals, meditating if you're into it. Mm -hmm. Meditating is very powerful, as long as you don't stress about it. Right. Because there's so many complicated techniques out there. So many, yeah. It's just basically observing your thoughts. Yeah. I think this thought is passing through me, this emotion. But I'm not my thoughts. I'm not my emotions. That's all it is. Right. And the great thing about meditation is actually studies on it have done, shown that people who say they never have a psychic experience, when they're put on a course of basic meditation for a week or two, mm -hmm. the part of their brain that is intuitive and creative and compassionate and empathetic, these are psychic mm. parts of our brain, lights up. And they actually start having more psychic experiences after that. And the reason they do is because they're logical. Mm -hmm. But when a psychic experience comes, they know it's psychic. Trouble is people who are very in tune and highly sensitive, they get too much information coming in. Yeah. And they can't tell, is this anxiety or is this a psychic sign? Is this wishful thinking or is this psychic? Mm. So wherever you are on the scale of sensitivity, you can unlock it. Yeah. You just have to powerful. find what works for you. If, you. if you're logical and rational and you think this is all nuts what I'm talking about, <laughs> go meditate, go spend more time in nature, listen yeah. to more music. If you're on the other end of the scale, deal with your anxiety, mm -hmm. get some inner peace. I've learned so much, Teresa. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you and what you're working on? Um, www.teresachung.com. I'm a prolific author. A hundred books out there. And wow. I've got two more books coming out next year, so I feel very blessed. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for watching, guys. See you next time.